Welcome to Season 2 of Grain IQ. I'm Chad Moyer. Grain marketing is a critical piece in keeping your operation profitable. Every conversation in this podcast so far has brought up various marketing terms and phrases, some of which you may have heard, others which may be new. This episode is your glossary reference. We've pulled together definitions of important terms and phrases so you can refer back to them as you create and execute your grain marketing plan. Definitions include the carry, futures, fundamentals, technicals, hedgers, speculators, and many, many more. These definitions are from Darren Fessler. He's a senior hedge advisor with Lakefront Futures and Options. If you had to give a definition for futures, how, how do you define futures? Futures is the price of any given commodity um, between a buyer and a seller. The futures is the key word about the whole thing. It is what does the market believe the future, say whether it's you know three months down the road, nine months, six months, two years down the road, they all have different contracts. And those contracts are based on what the market's perception is that commodity at the moment should be worth at that point in time. And this takes place for uh, uh, all of the commodities. We, we talk about grain on this podcast, but there's all sorts of commodities that utilize futures, right? There is, you could think grains, you could think equities, that's your stock market indices. You could think bonds, you energies, anything. The, the futures market's made up of tons and tons of commodities, whether it be actual commodities themselves or financial instruments. Um, but it is a it is how the actual equity markets during the day you think of central time stock market opens at eight thirty in the morning, but throughout that entire evening throughout the overnight session, that equity market was being derived by what those futures equities were doing. It was kind of giving the market a sense of okay, how are we setting up for today 's trade and that futures market is is one open because well. We're trading the world market. So when, when we're sleeping, China's open. When we're sleeping, Europe's open. And so we're trading those markets literally Monday through Friday, and we need those futures markets open for that. A quick review of the players. Uh, who are the, the people that make the futures market happen? Uh, it would be the exchanges. Uh, it would be the, you know, the, the Chicago Board of Trade, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Uh, now, granted, if you're talking corn, you're talking the CBOT, the Chicago Board of Trade. If you're talking cattle, you're talking the CME. Mm -hmm. All are owned by the CME, but they still have their designations on certain exchanges. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking cotton, for example, it's on the ICE exchange. ICE exchange is based in Atlanta, Georgia. They Those trade different commodities. Now, you won't trade cotton on the Board of Trade in Chicago. That's a market that's designated towards the ICE exchange. Mm -hmm. Or if you're thinking the Paris market, it's the MATIF market. That those are going to be trading those European futures, European corn, European wheat, uh, which is something that coincides with the Chicago Board of Trade and in our markets as well. Here's more definitions with Justin Lovegrove, owner, president, and grain market advisor with the ARC Group. If you had to define a hedger, how do you define hedger? Hedger is somebody that has either a product or risk in a certain market that cow-calf guy is a hedger. If he's buying or a feeder, he's, he's buying corn and he's selling fats, or he's buying corn and he's selling or buying feeders. 
um, it's somebody that has that risk that, that they're protecting the actual actual risk that's inherent in their farm. When you sign up for a hedge account, you actually say, I have risk in these markets, these commodities. You say feeder cattle, live cattle, corn, beans, wheat, whatever. And we actually watch it then if you start trading gold contracts in your account and a hedge account. Like you can't, it's not a hedge. You don't have exposure to the commodity. Therefore, you should open a separate account and have different margin rates. But it's somebody that has risk in that market or sub-market. Sometimes they have risk in wheat, so they'll spread their risk over Minneapolis, Kansas City, Chicago wheat, whatever. They're limiting exposure to what they need to buy or sell and taking a neutral position until they get that physical commodity bought or sold. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, spec, the, the speculator or speculative position. What is a spec? Spec somebody that wants to invest money in the markets, whether it's short-term or long-term. They, they're not a, it can be Joe Schmo from the street. It can be a billion dollar hedge fund in New York. It's people that want to speculate on, they don't have exposure to the markets. They don't have corn to sell. They don't have cattle to sell. They don't have ethanol to sell. They just think corn's going up. They think wheat's going up. They think whatever's going to happen and they can invest accordingly in the markets. It's just, uh, it's not a hedge. It's not a producer doing it. It's just anybody else in the world that wants to speculate. It's like, Buying a stock in the stock market, they can put their money wherever they want to put it. What about uh, what's the definition of being long the market? Well, long the market's a buyer, and it. I don't want to bore you to death with technical stuff from a commodity brokerage, but you can you know buy and sell futures, you can buy and sell options, and long the market be, would mean you're a buyer, you own. If you're buying, if you're long long corn, you're owning corn in your account. Um, if you are long options. It depends if you're long a put or a call or a short a put or a call because a short put is a long position <laughs> technically in the market. It's that's part of the education job is it's super confusing because you can, you know, three ways to be long. You can buy a call, you can sell a put or you can buy the board or you can do multiple combinations of all of them. Um, and you can get as detailed as you want, but actually it's, it's pretty simple if you have somebody that understands it. And then the opposite of that is being short the market. So sure. what's the definition of short? It's a seller. So your short futures, your long puts, or your short calls. That's a, that's a short position. Define volatility. When you talk about volatility in the futures market, what does that mean? Volatility is just kind of a measurement of how much the futures markets are moving or how much the guess is of how much the market's going to move by a certain time frame. And 20 years ago when we started this, you know, volatility was hardly noticeable. It was a couple cents a day. Volatility skyrocketed because of liquidity and because of economics in the world, I think, and demand. Um, you know, we have most days we have 10 to 20 cent moves in grain just blindly back and forth throughout the day. You hardly notice it. That was an annual move 20 years ago. Doug Simon is a commodity consultant with Tradehaus in Lincoln. He defined the following. If you had to define what an option is, how do you define an option? Well, one of the examples I've used before on Market Journal and used earlier when we were talking is like if you wanted to have an option on a piece of ground, thinking big picture, I think it's something we can all relate to. It's like, okay, if I want to buy a piece of ground at $5,000, it's like, how long do I want to have that option? Is it going to be something for one year, five years, 10 years? So there's a time frame involved there. There's also what's the interest rate? You know, what's the cap rate? You know, what's the return on that asset? So it's a function of that option is going to be a function of the time and the price, 
but also kind of that interest rate. So there are several things that go in there into that option pricing. So if you look at, if you want to price an option, you can ask a broker, okay, well, what what's the, the volatility of that option? What's the interest rates and how much time is out there? So the, your, your option is always going to be dependent on those three things. So if I'm going to go buy an option further out, there's more time value involved in it. So it becomes more expensive. Mm-hmm. If I have $14 soybeans, I want to buy an in the money soybean call at $13. It's going to be a lot more expensive than an out of the money one that's at say $15 because that's a lot further, a lot higher away. So you're going to have a lot more cost involved in that one that's in the money, the intrinsic value of that. And there are a couple of types of options that are traded, and we've mentioned them both so far already. One is a call option and one is a put option. Define what is a call option. A call option is the ability, for example, if today's soybeans are $14, and I think that soybeans are going to go higher and I want to be able to buy, you know, have that opportunity, but not the obligation. That's the key definition of an option is that you have the opportunity to buy at $14, but not the obligation. So you're, you're buying a call in the anticipation of that commodity going higher. And that's true, whether it's an agriculture, if it's an oil, if it's a nat gas or anything like that, if you anticipate that that commodity is going to go higher, you have the opportunity to buy you know, soybeans, if you buy a $14 strike and it goes higher, you have the opportunity to be long futures at $14, but you're gonna pay a price to do that. And it's a function of how much is that gonna cost? Well, if I'm doing that against the November soybeans and I have, you know, basically if we're sitting here in August, it's gonna be September and October, and that thing's gonna expire in October. So you got 60 odd days till expiration. So that, that option is always a function of time. If I'm gonna go out to next July, then you're gonna add another six months on there and you got, and so it's gonna become more expensive. So buying that call option gives you an opportunity to be long at $14, but not the obligation. So if the market goes back to $13, your call option will expire worthless. You know, if you spend 50 cents on it, it would go to zero. You'd be able to buy back into the board, you know, if you wanted to at $13. These definitions are from Luke Beckman, a grain sales manager with Central Valley Ag Cooperative. Define the word spreads. Spreads can mean a lot of different things. You can have futures spreads. Uh, Futures spreads are the difference between uh, two different futures months. So you could have a nearby futures month and a deferred futures month. The difference between those two prices would be a spread, a futures spread. Um, Spreads uh, then can be used in the context of are they getting closer together, which would be narrowing spreads. Are they getting further apart, which would be widening spreads? Those things influence what you should be doing with your grain. Should we be storing it or should we be getting rid of it? Are we in a carry market or are we in an inverse? Break even. What is a break even? Why is that important? A break even is a number that tells you what it's going to cost you to basically cover all of your costs associated with growing a crop. What are the total dollars that you need to pay the bills? Somewhat related to that, and I think it's an element of it, is the term cash flow. What is cash flow? Why is that important? Cash flow would be dollars coming in and dollars going out. Uh, You need to make sure that you have adequate dollars coming in to satisfy dollars that are going out. The term logistics. When it comes to grain marketing, what are logistics and why do we have to manage them? 
Logistics would be kind of the operational setup, both for maybe the destination you're delivering to and your own operation. Uh, so that might be uh, grain quality, for example. Uh, part of your logistical plan is that I need to move grain in December because I have to get on-farm storage bins cored. I have to get grain pulled out of there to keep uh, the rest of the grain in good condition. And so uh, there's that piece of it. What's my transportation situation look like as part of that logistical plan? Do I have my own trucks? Do I need to hire trucks to get grain from A to B? Uh, that's an important part of it. Uh, weather plays into logistics. Uh, there's certain times of the year where that can cause problems. That can dictate local cash prices as well, uh, whether they're good or bad. If a destination needs more grain now because of weather or weather is really cooperative. So, uh, you know, the destination's jammed up with lots of farmers trying to deliver grain. So logistics can impact when you want to move grain. Uh, that can impact the prices associated when you want to move grain. You used a term in our conversation today. It was called cost of carry. What is cost of carry and why is it important? Cost of carry is the cost associated with carrying grain on farm or in a commercial elevator over the course of time. The biggest component of calculating that cost is going to be your opportunity cost or the cost of, of interest, cost of money. The following definitions are from Jeff Peterson, the president of Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. Define the carry in the futures market. How do you define the carry? What we're looking at is the difference between two of the futures months. So, for instance, if I'm looking at the amount of carry between December and March, December and, and the next month, March, I would take the March price minus the December price. So you always take your, your furthest out month that you're looking at. You subtract off what your nearby is, and that difference is going to tell you the amount of carry that's in the market. And, and that carry can be positive and negative, right, depending on the situation? Most definitely, that can be positive or negative. Define an inverse carry or an inverse market. Yeah, an inverted market in that particular situation, as you're looking at the futures price, so we're talking, because we can talk about inverted futures, we can talk about inverted cash, but when we're talking about the inverted, basically the month that's closest to you on the futures market is higher than price than one that's further out in time. Okay, and you said that can go for both futures and cash, right? So when we're calculating our basis and, and doing a local bid, that's a definition that we need to know too, right? Yeah, it is. And, and, and it tells a story. I mean, whether you've got carry in the market or whether you physically have got something that's inverted, the story that it's telling us is it's telling us when the basically the market wants the grain. Darren Newsom from Darren Newsom Analysis defined the following. Uh, you mentioned uh, fund activity. Well, who are the funds? How do you define who yeah. are the funds? You know, basically, the way I like to look at it is the difference between funds and fundamentals is a mental thing. And if you take the words apart, that makes it much more sense if you see it written rather than said. But really, the funds are the global investment companies. I mean, they're all over the world. You know, and commodities since 2005 have become this, this huge investment opportunity. And you know, so it's basically everyone, what we used to call spec traders in the market. I believe it's a little bit bigger than that. It's not just the day traders. It's not just those where long-term trade might have been a week. 
but these are actual traders, actual investment groups who are looking to ride commodities long term. It's evolved over time. And again, a lot of it goes back uh, to the early 2000s uh, when all of a sudden commodities became popular and they've stayed popular for the most part since. And then you said, too, that fundamentals, if you had to describe mm-hmm. or, or define what are fundamentals, Darren? Fundamentals are basically everything that can possibly change the supply and demand situation of the market. And this is whether this is geopolitics, this is, you know, this is war somewhere, this is a volcano eruption, this is whatever, whatever you can possibly imagine. And there's no way of tracking and accounting for all of it. That's where chaos theory comes in. So to understand the commercial side of the market that, that basically is, you know, where the commercials are those traders who are actively involved in the underlying cash market, they have to position themselves. They have to protect themselves against the moves that the funds or the non-commercial side makes. And so they do that through spreads. They do that through hedges. They do that through basis. And so, you know, if we understand those very simple strategies, then we can get a good read. We can get a good idea of, of what the commercials view or how the commercial side views long-term fundamentals. Nearby futures. What are nearby futures? Mm-hmm. What are deferred futures? All right. Nearbys, you know, if we look at the, if we look at, say, a quote screen here today, we're going to see, you know, say for corn, uh, we're going to see that there's a September contract. Well, the September corn contracts, one of those hybrid things, doesn't know if it's old crop, doesn't know if it's new crop. So we don't really have to worry about it all that much. So if we're thinking only of new crop, starts off with the December contract. So that would be the nearby new crop contract. Then the deferred issues are those that follow it. We're talking about the March, the May, the July. And then again, that takes us out to the next September 2023 contract, which is again, hybrid. So when I'm talking about corn, I'm talking about the nearby new crop. I'm talking about December issue. All the deferreds are, the, are everything that comes after that. And then one other one, uh, basis. So we've mentioned that a couple of times mm-hmm. too. Define what is basis, Darren. This takes me back. I was doing a, a long time ago, I was doing a meeting with a, with a grain merchandiser uh, at a local elevator and she looked confused. And she, when the question came from the crowd, you know, what is basis? Uh, she looked at me and said, can you define this for me? And I said, oh, yeah, certainly basis is very simple. It's the cornerstone of everything else that happens in these markets. Basis is the difference between cash and futures. That's all it is. And so if the cash market is stronger than normal in relation to futures, then you've got a, then you've got a bullish cash situation. You've got a bullish supply and demand situation, usually locally more than national. This is where we, this is where we look at locally. Uh, and then, you know, if, if it's weaker than what it usually is, then locally you have more available supply than you do, uh, than, than you do demand. And that tends to weaken basis a bit. So basis, point blank, price difference between cash and futures. And these definitions are from Mike Zuzalo. He's the president of Global Commodity Analytics. Define what are the technicals? The technicals are the instruments used on price charts to try and forecast future prices or price trends. And that would include lines, uh, support resistance lines, moving averages, volume, open interest, those oscillators we talked about. There's a Fibonacci retracement that is very detailed and but kind of fun because it's based upon nature and it's based upon mathematics. It's an instrument. It's a tool on a price chart to help you predict, hopefully, the future price trend. 
Now, some people call it the opposite, but we've kind of illustrated why it's a compliment. The fundamentals. What are the fundamentals, Mike? Fundamentals are anything from Federal Reserve policy to supply and demand of a balance sheet after a U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, WASDE report comes out. So it would encompass anything that would potentially change the supply or the demand of a commodity or a basket of commodities, because we do have to realize that a lot of money is traded each day in baskets of commodities. And so there are days, Chad, where if corn is going down, the cattle may go down with it just because the Goldman Sachs commodity index is liquidating positions. And so that's where the fundamentals come into play more and more. We've used this term a couple of times, the charts. How do you define what are the charts? Charts are simply put the prices visually that you can call up from the data from the exchange so that you can get a visual of what the price action, whether it's hourly, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, what the price action has been in a certain asset that you're looking at. And it's just, it's the visual depiction of the price action. You used it a couple of times, support line, resistance line. What are, what are those things? Support lines are drawn off major lows and those major lows tend to hold and therefore you have a support in price. It's also called a price floor uh, because the prices have not gone below that price level for some time to the point where you can actually draw a line of all those lows and connect the dots so that you have that support line. And then is it resistance to the top then? That's exactly right. The resistance line is like a ceiling, but it's it's a line that would be drawn off major highs in a, in a level, a price level that the market has not been able to get above. It could be a lateral line, or as I said, it could be a line that goes downward. It, it's rare that you have a resistant line, resistance line that points higher upward, Chad, but it's possible because there are other formations like flags and pennants that are part of technical analysis that can be beneficial and useful as well. You refer to yourself as a broker. Define a broker. A broker is a registered commodity representative with the NFA. So if you go to the NFA website and you look up global commodity analytics, you'll find me as a registered commodity representative. So I am federally licensed and therefore I am under the scrutiny of the federal government to perform to a certain high level to be able to continue to have my license and meet the criteria that they set out for me. And what does that allow you to do then? That allows me to solicit clients in commodities. And so what I'm talking about is futures and options. But if you would ask me a question about the stock market technicals today, I would have said, I really can't talk about that because I'm not licensed as a financial equity broker, a stock broker. So it's very defined and uh, very limited. And I think it should be because uh, the equities markets is quite a bit different than the commodities markets from a variety of reasons, if you ask me. That'll do it for this glossary edition of Grain IQ. I'm Chad Moyer. Grain IQ is a production of the Nebraska Rural Radio Association with support from the Nebraska Soybean Board. It is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Grain IQ is hosted by Chad Moyer and produced by Rebel Saklocha. It is written and edited by Alex Wojcicki. Our project manager is Bryce Duskett. You can listen to Grain IQ on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or online at ruralradionetwork.com.